simple man. If you hear that, that can only mean one thing on this radio show, and that's all things Bill O'Reilly, all things O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. Mr. O'Reilly, sir, how are you? You know, I'm busy just like you, Hannity. Two Irish guys getting ready for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> By the way, the worst place to be on St. Patrick's Day ever is in New York City. Most bars serve green, disgusting beers, and I have no idea why drinking is so associated with our um, relatives back in the in, in the old, old, old Ireland. Yeah, but well, uh, people drink too much, and they throw up in the streets, and they act stupid all over the city every single St. Patrick's Day. Am I wrong, Mr. O'Reilly? No, you're not, and the only two Irish guys in the media that don't drink are O'Reilly and Hannity. No, um, I drink, but I just don't drink green puke beer and hang out and get... I've never, I've never seen you... Adam Schiff-faced. I've never seen you do that. Are no, you I'm, a very, my, I'm, a, I'm a social drinker. I'm not a big social. drinker. I see, you but know. nobody wants to hang with you, so who do you do? <laughs> All right, so let me, we have some serious issues going on. Absolutely. I'm sure you watched Zelensky earlier today. Yep. Um, those images I thought were very powerful. Um, I am contending between Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, that we have three very, very incompetent people that are not up to the task of dealing with the crisis at hand. And that has to do with the economy, inflation, energy, uh, what's happening, how to deal with Vladimir Putin, et cetera. Um, let me just play a couple of cuts. One is from Nancy Pelosi. Uh, you heard, I won't play Kamala Harris. I think we played it for you last week. Well, Ukraine is a country in Europe, and there's another country that's next door that's called uh, Russia, and Russia's a bigger country. You know that lecture. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to play you um, Joe Biden making weird comments, and then I'll talk to you about the leadership in this country. This morning he was less on the, on the ask for the... Um, that policy more on let us do it help us get the planes but also there is a school of thought that thinks the anti-aircraft missiles and the rest are a very important way myself when i see that that those tanks that 40 miles of tanks i'd like to take out those tanks i mean i i think that air, uh, them having more planes might be useful but that i'm not a, a military str strategist we hope that we will be able to get up to a place, I hope, you ask me how, I've, I hope that we can get to a place where the uh, MiGs, which are the kinds of planes they've been trained on, can go to Ukraine, the F-16s, especially if we have an excess of them, uh, can backfill for Poland. But there's been a little change in the arrangement of who's on the stage because of the first lady's husband uh, contracting COVID, but... Uh, Look at this room and what you see. Pardon? That's right. She's fine. It's me. That's not together. The second lady, the first gentleman. How about that? The former Governor Jennifer Granholm, the Energy Department. I often kid her, and I wasn't kidding early on when I was seeking the nomination. Had she been born in America, she'd be standing here and I'd be sitting there. <laughs> she was the former governor of the state of uh, Michigan. Michigan, wrong. She was a former state. Of, she, she was a governor. Now, Mr. O'Reilly, sir, simple man that you are, I contend that we have a weak, frail, cognitive mess as a president. Uh, we have a vice president that clearly is not 
intellectually up to the job. And then third in line for the presidency, as you know, is the Speaker of the House, and that's Nancy Pelosi. And that minute and a half I just played scares the living hell out of me. And I think the world is seeing a very weak America right now. Am I wrong? No. The Pelosi uh, 90 seconds was painful to get through. Um, Kamala Harris is way in over her head. Everybody knows it. Even Democrats do. And Joe Biden doesn't know uh, who the uh, Grand Holm served, which was Michigan. So you're, you're basically looking at uh, a White House and a cabinet. And you've got to throw in Milley, the architect of the Afghan disaster. He's the chief of staff. Uh, and you've got to throw in the Secretary of State, who hasn't been terrible on uh, on uh, Ukraine, Lincoln. But by the way, he's he's been terrible, Bill. No, I mean, not, not in my opinion. But let me let me put forth what's really happening here, so let's advance the story. Okay. Okay. So Americans see pictures of innocent people being killed, and right away there's emotion up to your eyebrows. That's where you have to start the analysis. We're all emotional about this, and we want to stop it. But we, the United States of America, cannot stop it. So that's number one. We cannot stop it. So Putin is going to kill whoever he wants to kill, and there's nothing we can do to prevent that. Because if you attack Putin, then there's World War III, and instead of thousands, you'll have millions die. So that's a reality, and everybody should accept that right now. Then you have Zelensky, who's a very strong leader, okay? And he is doing exactly what I would do, what you would do, Hannity. He's trying to get everything he can to save his country. He's not looking for a out on a on a intellectual basis. Well, if I get American uh, planes fighting Russian planes, that's going to be World War Three. He's not doing that. He's basically saying, I need this. He's not going to get what he needs. So he's, he's not going to get everything he needs. He's going to get, get some money. of what he needs. Yeah, he'll get weapons and he'll get money. And by the way. Biden should shut up about what weapons are going over there. They don't need to know. Russia don't even need to know what NATO and America is sending Ukraine. All right, let's stop that now. So we didn't have a daily, we're sending the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, these kinds of weapons, did we? No. Just send them. So you basically have a situation where Zelensky's fighting for his life, NATO and the U.S. are going to supply him with military hardware. They're not going to supply him with planes, and there's not going to be a no-fly zone. What there could be is a humanitarian no-fly zone, a corridor where refugees from Ukraine could get out. Now, let me tell you two other very important things, Sandy, and write these down so you don't forget them, okay? Number one, this is a brutal chess game, and a lot of this is directed at China, The United States and NATO have to make it so apparent that Putin is Hitler, that China cannot ally with Putin. That's number one. And that that ship, Bill, with all due respect, that ship has sailed long before this invasion. China's still figuring out what its role is going to be here. Their role, they've already decided. Their role is is that they're not going to they're not going to be very critical of Vladimir Putin's invasion because they have their own territorial ambitions. We all know what they are. It's Taiwan. Putin's asking them to feed his army and all of that. We have to make it so difficult for China to do anything to help Putin. And, And we're on our way to do that. And number two, and this is something you've never heard and nobody has ever heard listening to the Hannity broadcast, the Putin, uh, the Biden White House is thinking out past this. So the consensus is, 
that Putin will make some kind of deal and there'll be a ceasefire and Putin will carve out some part of Ukraine and install a different leader than Zelensky. I don't know whether that'll happen, but that's the consensus of the CIA. Okay. Well, the so consensus the of the CIA is actually that they're going to get Kiev and, and the capital is going to f- falter. But let he's me, not let going to be able to keep the capital, Putin. He's going to have to install somebody in there and then get out. Not we'll see. Fight that that's a, that's a possible. Listen, we can we can speculate yeah, all we want. One more point. Let me make this an important point. Okay. The White Last House point. is looking out to try to save Joe Biden, and the only way you save him now, with all the inflation, the chaos, the weakness, is to save the American people. Biden kept us out of World War Three. Okay. Is what's in play. That's what they want to accomplish. But but if he takes over half of Ukraine, that's hardly a a statement of strength of Joe Biden. Let that me let me tell you how the American people though the American me, people don't want World War Three. They don't. No, the American people out a few provinces. It'll just be like Obama and and Crimea. Right. So okay. We, so let me tell you what I think we should do beyond what the end result is. All right. Okay. We we as a country. Um, I'm, you, you gave me a compliment last week and you said, Hannity, one thing about you, you've always been a consistent conservative and consistent means I'm a Reagan conservative. I am an American, a first conservative. I'm a make America great again, conservative. Um, and among the things that we have all learned is we can't have one American boot on the ground. That's not going to be an option. That's not our fight. We're not the world's policemen. We can't be the world's policemen. But when you see mass graves and you see hospitals being targeted and residential apartment buildings leveled and neighborhoods entire neighborhoods leveled and dead women and children in the street uh i do believe the world has a moral um need to rise to the occasion and the ukrainians have proven that they're willing to fight for their own country so i look to reagan what did reagan do with the mujahideen in afghanistan you mentioned the what we did. We provided Stinger missiles. By the way, everybody knew we were providing them. Uh, secondly, Ronald Reagan, he didn't send a single boot on the ground in Afghanistan at the time. Then he also supplied arms to the Contra rebels in Nicaragua, uh, the freedom fighters, as we call them. And he gave them the weaponry to fight back against the Sandinistas and Daniel Ortega. And I think that's America's role here. Yeah, I mean, I agree. and there's only and there's no dissent other than a few pundits on television, a few idiots on television. All right, whatever word you want, a descriptive adjective you want to use, but there's really no argument that NATO and America should supply Ukraine with military hardware to defend it. Well, wait a minute. Now, they all agree on the javelins. We all agree on the stingers. Right. We're now slowly agreeing on the anti-aircraft. Um, no, anti given they're going to okay. get what they can the, get. But but Joe Biden personally vetoed Poland independently giving the MiG fighter jets. He made no, that no, call. No, 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 no. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Bill. No, no, yes, 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 listen, yes. Listen to me now. Come on, simple man. Make okay. that's just a fact. Poland Go ahead. can give uh, Ukraine MiGs in the next half hour if Poland flies the planes itself. Joe Biden. It, it was written all over the newspaper and acknowledged by the White House that Joe Biden vetoed that plan. True. The president of Poland told the Pentagon and the president of the United States 
will fly these planes to Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany. You fly them to the Ukraine. Well, that I think what has to happen is in there. Let Zelensky go in there and send in his own fighter pilots or, okay. or higher fighter pilots. I, care. I just don't want a a world because you know what Putin would do with that. America is attacking us. So if Poland wants to give MiGs and their arms to Ukraine, fine. But know this, and everyone should know this: Russian fighter pilots will knock those MiGs out of the sky quickly. Ukrainian pilots cannot stand up to Russian pilots. I would agree with your assessment, but they could strategically be used to take out specific targets and land as quickly as possible. Let me take let me advance the story even further. Um, Let's assume whatever happens in Ukraine is going to happen. My take is, is that Russia and Putin have their back against the wall. He's angry at the world because he's embarrassed on the world stage. Um, he's like a rat that is cornered. I think he's beginning to show signs of going scorched earth, and he doesn't care who he takes out, but he's going to take Kiev. And if they negotiate a settlement from that point, that's different. But here's the problem. If, in fact, Putin's territorial ambitions extend beyond Ukraine to, let's say, the Baltics, um, let's say oh, Estonia. Okay. Now, well, here's my question. Will Joe Biden and NATO yeah. have w- – hang on – Will they really have the resolve to have a shooting all-out war with Vladimir Putin, part A, part B? You and I both agree Taiwan is next and China is going to take Taiwan. So will the United States, will the United States stand by their agreements, uh, mutual defense agreements? Taiwan, okay. Uh, I think it'd be a massive economic um, boycott and blockade against China if they go. But if Putin invades any NATO country, it's a shoot war. And, and it's absolutely a shoot war. Nobody can back down from that. That's the end. Now, I'll tell you what, Bill, hang on one second. I'm going to do something. This is too important a discussion to rush through it. I'm going to carry over five minutes in the next segment. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back more with a simple man, Bill O'Reilly, on the other side. Then we'll get to your calls, 800 800- 941 Sean is on number. You want to be a part of the program. Senator Tom Cotton at the top of the hour. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. Even Bill O'Reilly never misses Hannity because he learns something new on every show, don't you? Absolutely true, Hannity. Uh, I, and I appreciate it. Uh, anyway, quick break. All things O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com as we continue. Exposing the Pelosi Party's chaos and corruption all day, every day. This this is the Sean Hannity Show. We made some money for our sponsors. Let's go back to making the liberals crazy. The Handman is back on the radio right now. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour. We continue with uh, all things Simple Man, Bill O'Reilly, all things O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com. And this is my main issue as the leader of my people, great Ukrainians. And as the leader of my niche, I'm addressing the President Biden, you are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you 
to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Thank you. Slava Ukraine. Look, Bill, it's a little complicated. I think America's role is very, very narrowly defined. It's it's no boots on the ground. It's anti-aircraft missiles so that Ukraine can protect itself. We have a humanitarian crisis that is going to get worse as this invasion of Kiev seems somewhat imminent. We agree that we should send the javelins. We agree that we should send the stingers. And you and I have a slight disagreement about how the MiGs ought to be sent from Poland to Ukraine. And I think yeah. Joe Biden should not have vetoed that. And by the way, that's the extent of our involvement, Bill. And then okay, it's up to the Ukrainians you know, to fight for their enemy. own country. What I want to get across is you got to know your enemy. OK, and your enemy is Putin. And people are saying, oh, he's this and he's that and he's this and he's that. And he is. He's just evil. Evil is the word you need. Correct. Now, on... PBS, Liberal Network, everybody knows it. They run Frontline last night. They give you 35 minutes of how Putin attained power, which was very good and accurate. Then they go into the politics and of off the rails left wing, blaming Trump. It was, it was astounding. So how, does Trump, how, does, how, does, how does Trump get blamed for this? This is how they did it. They said that Trump was a quote unquote fanboy of Putin. And then they use a clip from Helsinki. Uh, Finland. I think you were over there then, weren't you? I was. There? Yes, sir. Okay. And in the joint press conference that you'll remember. With By the Putin, way, I got to ask a question at the joint press conference. Okay. With Putin and Trump. And the question was. No, not that press conference. It wasn't them together. But go ahead. All right. So this is I'm talking about the joint press conference. You see it on PBS. They throw the question up. Hey, U.S. Intel says that Russia hacked into the election of 2016. Um, do you believe that Donald Trump and Trump said, essentially, I know what the intel says, but Putin denies it emphatically, and I don't have any reason to disbelieve him. PBS used that to say that Trump emboldened and empowered Putin. That is false. And tomorrow on the No Spin News, I'm going to string together all of my Putin stuff with Trump in the history tour in December. So you'll hear exactly why Trump did that. But bottom line, he did it because he didn't want this. He didn't want Putin invading Ukraine or anywhere else. And Putin and Trump had a deal that Putin would not do that while Trump was president. Let me, give you, let me give you the two things I know about Trump. Trump is a Sun Tzu art of war devotee, if you will. And he understands you keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Right. That explains every single detail that you need to know. And Trump would tell foreign leaders, hostile actors, if you do this, I'm going to do it. And they believed he would. And as evidenced by, for example, taking out ISIS and Soleimani and Baghdadi. OK, so the next thing you got to know about Donald Trump is that he he had this unpredictability but Donald Trump was also right in his predictions. I've played tapes of Trump lecturing the head of NATO about how dumb they were, that number one, NATO allies don't pay their fair share. They don't even match our GDP, never mind the total dollar amount that we pay to protect European, Western European, NATO ally countries from Putin and Russia. 
And then he warned them about the dangers of becoming reliant on Russia for energy and making Vladimir Putin and Russia rich again. Now, I contend, Mr. O'Reilly, and this will be my last question of the day, that had Joe Biden embraced the energy independence policies of Donald Trump when he came into office, and if he didn't align with the climate change alarmist cult, new Green Deal Democratic Socialists, and he would have kept America as a net exporter of energy, we could have been able to provide all the energy needs of our allies and instead, Joe's policies pushed our allies into the arms of Putin because it's the lifeblood of the world's economy. All so I that's true. I blame Joe Biden for a lot of this. All of that is true. But the fuse that Biden lighted came in Afghanistan. That's when Putin said, OK. Agreed. All right. we, we, uh, we, 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 you agree with my point? I agree with your point. We're saying the same thing. All right. Um, listen, if uh, I'll look forward to watching tomorrow night. Thank you. BillOReilly.com. Uh, we always love having you, Bill. Thanks for being with us. All right. Appreciate you having me in. 800-941-SEAN, our number, if you want to be a part of the program. Rich is in the great state of Georgia, my former hometown. What's going on, Rich? How are you, sir? Good. Hey, Mr. Kennedy. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate your showing your perspective. Thank you. Um, I don't want to sound alarmist, but I like to think of myself as a forward-thinking person. And this is in regards to your comment yesterday about the war in Ukraine, if it turns into an insurgency, and in all likelihood it probably will. But if the Ukrainians go after Putin's financing... By the way, Rich, can you speak a little bit more closely to the, the microphone on your phone? So this is in regards to the comment about the insurgency potential of, of Ukraine, and if the Ukrainians go after the pipeline to you know stop Putin's financing of the war... Um, just thinking a little bit more forward and how close we are, people forget that we're, what, 55 miles uh, from Russia across the Bering Strait in Alaska. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, what are we doing to. It's a great it's a great point because you have a, had one of the Russian ministers earlier today or yesterday, I forget when, say that we ought to take Alaska back for reparations of what the U.S. is doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, wow. Listen, if, if they. <laughs> If Putin never is stupid enough to attack the United States, um, there will be rep repercussions. I mean, that's all there is to it. Even with Joe Biden as president, even with Kamala Harris, even with that nitwit, you know, secretary of state, winking, blinking, even with Nancy Pelosi there at that point, he's now committing suicide. This is now mutually assured destruction, and it will be an unmitigated disaster for the world. You got to hope he's not that stupid. I think the reason he acted on Ukraine is he felt he could get away with it. And I think in many ways he is getting away with it. And that bothers me greatly because this is unnecessary. But you're, you're right. Strategically, we got to be thinking about these things ahead of time. A hundred percent. While Putin was building up his troops along the Ukrainian border, we were talking about why are we arming the Ukrainians now? We were talking about uh, you better pay attention that he's not bringing 100,000 troops to the border of Ukraine for no good reason. And some people said, no, he's only using this for leverage. He's only using this for negotiation purposes. And I said, yeah, I, that doesn't make sense to me. We already knew he had territorial ambitions, Georgia in 08, Crimea annexed in, in 2014. Um, this is who he is. And the only thing that maniacal megalomaniacs, narcissists like Vladimir Putin understand is strength. That's why he didn't do it when Donald Trump was president. 
Donald Trump would have stopped it. Donald Trump would have done it, and he knew it, and he knew that he would not be able to withstand the might of the U.S. military. Now, if he wants to launch nuclear weapons, he, he can fight back that way. Um, it's I wouldn't put, put it past any of these crazy people. That's why you can't allow Iran to ever get a nuclear weapon. And that's the truth of Hitler. That's exactly what Hitler did pre-World War II, led into World War II. He's taking the same playbook, and we're just sitting back like nothing could really happen. But we got to be forward-thinking on this. Listen, if you remember, FDR wanted to get into the war, but there was a very strong isolationist sentiment in this country. And then Pearl Harbor happened. And then Winston Churchill made his way across the pond, and he was the guest that would never leave. Because he knew without the United States, there was no way he that Europe could win against Nazi Germany. He knew that the United States involvement was imperative. After Pearl Harbor, that was game changing. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, even Russia gets invaded by um, by Hitler. And and remember, originally they were allied with him. And, and that changed very quickly. But. You know, at the end of the day, we don't want to go down that road because the weaponry is so devastating. At some point, when people get their backs against the wall, you don't know what they're capable of. You know, if you can kill innocent men, women, and children, you're missing a soul. This becomes a moral issue for me. This is right and wrong. This is good versus evil. And it doesn't mean, though, we have to be the world's policemen. I think you follow the, the Reagan model, peace through strength. I think you arm countries that are willing to fight and defend themselves, and it's proven effective over and over again. And I think the Ukrainian people have shown a resiliency that I never expected, to be very frank. Uh, I didn't think Putin's army would be this weak, their generals to be this weak. So if we give them the right equipment, I think we could end this fat rather quickly. Back to our busy phones. You want to be a part of the program, 800-941-SEAN. Uh, Chad is in Texas. Chad, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. I know you've been waiting a while. Thanks for being patient. Hey, I'm good. Thank you. Good afternoon. It's always good to get through and talk to you. You know, Sean, things are hard. Things are tough. And so it's always good just to put things aside and, and talk to you. So well, I'm, I'm, when- I'm glad I could be a source of relief for a lot of people. I'm a source of agita, but go ahead. Yeah, it's a... Uh, Things his perspective, and I can put the troubles aside. So you remember when, this is not you specifically, a question, this is for in general, especially Biden supporters. He said, he's the smartest man I know, referring to his son, Hunter Biden, which is not saying a lot coming from Joe Biden. But if he's that smart, if Hunter Biden is the smartest man that Joe Biden knows, how come he's not working in the administration to help with the crisis in Ukraine? Because, you know, he's got that executive experience of sitting on the board of Burisma. So he knows the ins and outs of Ukraine, but he's nowhere to be found. Or he could be working with the energy secretary, if he's that smart, to help with energy, domestic energy production here. It's just amazing. Now, well, I mean, you you would think that he's the perfect guy. He made millions in, in Ukraine, and he made millions in, in Russia from Russian oligarchs, the, the first lady of Moscow, or former first lady of Moscow, and he made all this money with Burisma. 
And it was Joe Biden that threatened to withhold a billion taxpayer dollars unless they fired the prosecutor investigating his zero experience crack addict son. So, I mean, you, you kind of, you know, tapped into something. Listen, what, look, there's one thing that is interesting to me is that Putin, you know, puts down a list of people with names on it, whatever, he, uh, that banned from Russia or sanctioned by Russia, whatever. And Hillary's name is on it. Joe Biden's name is on it. Hunter Biden's name is on it. And I took that to mean that that's Vladimir sending a message. I've got all the intel that would destroy all three of these people. That's how I mm -hmm. took it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I know the Libyans yeah. had a dossier on Hunter Biden and they knew he had a uh, they knew he was a drug addict. They knew he was a crack addict. They knew that he had a, um, let's say, uh, a like for women of the night. I'll say it as politely as possible. Then if the Libyans have that intel on Hunter, you know, the Chinese have more intel on Hunter than they do. You know that, that Russia has more intel on Hunter Biden than they do. And they probably all knew that Joe was up to his eyeballs and being paid. The connections between the Clintons and Russia are deep. And the amount of money transfers is, is staggering between speeches and Uranium One, et cetera, et cetera. And the dirty yeah. Russian dossier. I can add that to the list. Absolutely. Joe Biden was stuck in the middle between Ukraine and Russia because of how compromised he is with both, with both Russia and China and Hunter's experience in Ukraine. Now, this is way before you know, Zelensky's time. Last thing, Sean, I will let you go. This morning, I didn't see it, but I, I listened to Zelensky's you know, address to whoever showed up in the Congress. Well, when he was introduced you know, by Nancy Pelosi, I'm assuming in, it was her. Introduced, yeah. So... They were so hell-bent on the phone conversation that Donald Trump had with him, but their open arms welcoming him on this call, on this call that Zelensky had. Didn't that ring a bell with you? Didn't that odd? On a well, I mean, but if you remember, Zelensky at the time said he didn't feel any pressure from Donald Trump whatsoever. And right. he felt that Donald Trump, uh, and he didn't feel or think that the money was being withheld. But Donald Trump was right because previous administrations in Ukraine were corrupt. What I've learned about a lot of these former Soviet countries and, and some of these eastern countries, there's a lot of corruption. I mean, Putin, we're told, might be the second richest man in the world because of all the money that he pillaged from his country. And um, I wouldn't put anything past any of these people, to be honest with you. Anyway, appreciate the call. Chad, always good to hear from you in Texas. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break, right back.